0: Hey everybody, Craig from the University of Applied Research and Development, and this is part of our Veterans Stories, Difference Makers series, and I'm delighted to have veteran Trey Ryder with us. Hi, Trey.
1: Hello there, Dr. Craig. Great to have you
0: with us. Why don't you tell us about your motivation for joining the military?
1: I'm very excited to be here. Thank you for actually sitting down taking time out of your busy day to speak with me. I I ended up joining the United States Army uh, when I was actually 19, right out of high school. Wow. And there was a, a few things, I and mean, you know, there's hiccups along my entire journey to get me to where I've been today. And one of them was to kick off me getting into the military. And it started out that it was kind of like a go to war, go to jail type scenario. And I, I guess I can't effectively say, but I did, um, that I went into the military to get out of I guess you can say, criminal stuff. And it was a very weird situation. I can explain it if you want. I'll let you kind of dictate that. Uh, But this was back in uh, 2003 is when I went through. And so obviously the Iraq war is just kicking off uh, Mm. at that time. And went through the basic training. And I actually had a friend of mine, one of my best friends that joined the military with me. And we were going uh, to the first duty station together. We went through basic training together, so it's buddy system type deal. So, which really made it comfortable for us to kind of go in together. But we knew for a fact that eventually we'd be splitting ways. Hmm. And my thought process was: my grandfather was in the Navy, and he's what they call a Mustang, where he went from enlisted all the way through officer. And, you know, so part of the values and who I am came from him as well. But at that time, like I said, the go, go to war, go to jail, join the military. And I truly wanted to be on my own. My, my father, uh, my mom and dad had divorced and I felt that it was time for me to spread my wings and fly. Right. So I, I ended up leaving the nest and joined in. So uh, I looked forward, I would wanted to do 20 years right out of the get-go, and that was my plan.
0: And so tell us about your experiences when you are in there, any deployments, places you went to?
1: So as I, I stated in uh, 2003, 2004 timeframe, uh, we were dealing with the Iraq situation. Mm. And at the time i was a combat engineer and okay. I, I went through the airborne training had my jumps uh, prior to even getting to the duty, or prior to getting to my first duty station i immediately went to airborne training mm-hmm. and so i'm connected to the uh, 27th engineers which is also airborne uh, company and we were out there as a combat engineer we were uh, setting up base security we were in fallujah And we had taken over, I shouldn't say take over, we had um, came in after the missiles had actually destroyed the airfield so no airplanes could actually get out of that place. And we ended up establishing security all around this airfield uh, in this huge base. So that was part of our mission right in the heat of all the battle that was going on then. So uh, this was in uh, 2003 to 2004. And at the time, that they were actually doing six-month deployments. And this was right at the talks of them doing eight months and then year-long deployments. So we actually ended up doing six months during that tour. And uh, so it was definitely some interesting times. A lot of things happened just within that deployment alone. And uh, so that one deployment kind of set the tone of who I am. And I'll tell you, one of the first challenges that I had was when I came back. And I was actually qualifying for a continuation of my hazardous duty pay for airborne status. And that's when I ended up sustaining my first injury. So I ended up going through, you know, Iraq and everything. And for the most part, yes, we had explosions. Yes. We were constantly, um, you know, our fight or flight was constantly rattled and going as most people are in those situations. And, uh, then coming home ended up getting injured, ended up, uh, landing and noticed my hip was popping, had some pain that was shooting down my leg. And at the time they started talking about med boarding me. And at the same exact time, I ended up coming down on recruiting orders. And I was actually a specialist at the time. And had I gone through recruiting school, I would have got my corporal, I would have had a desk desk job to kind of hopefully rehabilitate and everything else that was my thinking. Uh, But of course, by that time, my unit was also coming down on orders to go to Afghanistan. So it was a quick turn and burn for them, but I was begging and pleading to go with them. and They said, no, once the big army has you, you have to go where they tell you to. So I was very fortunate. The doctor signed off and I did go to recruiting and uh, became a corporal. I uh, did that for a few years uh, and continued on my path there. So hopefully that answered your your question there.
0: Yeah. So so you were recruiting people within the Army for different roles or external civilians to come in and join the Army?
1: External civilians. So at that time, okay. it's it's all about trying to fill the job vacancies. And like I said, this being at the very beginning of the Iraq War <laughs> and Afghanistan mm. taking off mm. um, at the same time, we had a lot that needed to be done. So that's part of the reasons why... Yeah, it was a critical mission, obviously, but um, it was one that helped me along the path of where I am now. So, uh, everything from communicating a little bit better and understanding how people kind of work, but I wasn't seeing it at the time exactly how that was going to benefit me. But uh, mm. yeah, so civilians to um, come into the military.
0: So, you said you were in Fallujah. Were you in the, the Battle of Fallujah?
1: So I wasn't like in the, the town, so to speak. Um, at the time I was a driver for the first sergeant and we were going all over the place um, or taking helicopters here and there to different installations because our, our teams were so spread out. And one of the jobs was to go out into uh, roadways to make sure they're clear of like IEDs, explosives and stuff. So... Um, our different platoons were scattered out throughout Iraq, and uh, we'd be traveling to, to see them back and forth. So um, I had a little bit different mission compared to a lot of other people. And some of our teams were with the infantry kicking down doors. And, you know, so we were scattered. Um, one platoon was over uh, creating the uh, infrastructure for the security of the bases. So there's a lot of different moving parts that we had.
0: Mm. You mentioned that you are, when you're on deployment, particularly when you were there, you had that fight or flight sense was very, very high as for anyone who would be there. Have there been any ongoing challenges because of that now that you're out of the service?
1: You no. Know, I talked to my wife about this particular area, and even when I end up after recruiting services. I'll, I'll be very quick on this kind of wraparound story, but I went into military police. I changed my job after recruiting mm. military police. And that in itself continued keeping my fight or flight going.
0: Right.
1: And I, I say that because every person, every phone call that we got for help, the same people we were going to help are the same people that are trained to kill. There's no other life force out there that you're responding and you know every single person is military and knows how to effectively handle a situation Mm. um, which can also be very dangerous. And I've had Mm. my life threatened just because of the calls that I've been in. Mm. To wrap this back into your question, after I got out of the military, I spoke with my wife. Like She was, obviously, she was afraid to come up and, and touch me or wake me up in certain situations. Yeah. Uh, at first, she would. She would reach over and kind of grab me to shake me. Hey, you're, you're soaring. Or, hey, you're doing this. And eventually, it moved to a foot. Like, she kind of kicking me in my shin. Like, hey, Trey, wake up. And uh now as she does that she tells me to roll over so now it's to the point where i have become relaxed i've been able to disengage the fight or flight
0: right
1: um, and and relax my body a whole lot more and it took a lot of freaking time to do that uh yeah i'm not saying it's perfect but with anything that we put focus into to calm ourselves or to heighten our awareness of something that can truly change how we deal with a lot of stuff in life hmm. so, I hope that kind of answers
0: yeah it does it seems like it isn't has been an ongoing issue that you've had to grapple with over this period of time are there are there things that the uh, military when you transitioned out that they put in place to help you and support you did you have to go and find out yourself was that other veterans how did you get help?
1: When I transitioned out, I ended up doing 14 years before they did finally medical board uh, send me out because of medical reasons. Uh, It was a long process. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of training stuff that they put you through to verify that you do have things in in place, finances to potential jobs. And they give you time to go out to these uh, career fairs, to speak with different companies and... Uh, medical stuff. It depends on where you're you're moving to. Well, here's the closest uh, Veteran Affairs uh, group that you can have. So there's a lot of information that's thrown at you at once. But the problem is, there's so much information you cannot retain it at all. Um, yeah. And then you still kind of feel lost after that. So um, they they definitely did the best. I looking back, they did the best that they could to help. Uh, with the potential success of each individual getting out.
0: Okay. Okay. Was it enough?
1: I thought it was. And I say that because after I got out, or prior to me getting out, I went through what they called a uh, solo Ready Vets program, where I was trained to I uh, take some skills and I got nationally certified to go install solar for people's homes. Now, mind you, I'm getting medically retired, so I couldn't see myself bending over on roofs to install solar. So I wanted to take that knowledge to inform the homeowners of how they could best use really? solar for their house. Uh-huh. So I have the complete knowledge, complete package to say, here's how everything operates. And I had a job, The job was completely lined up. What I didn't know is within three months, that company would be sold out to Tesla. And they did away with all the direct sales channel. So all of us across the nation ended up losing our jobs.
0: Is it solar city?
1: It was. With Peter and Lyndon Rive, uh, which is Elon Musk's cousins, so it was part of their their bigger plan for the future in realignment. And they did say, "Hey, for those that um, were doing decent to very successful, um, no like issues within the company that hey you can come work at Tesla, but you would be in the showrooms." Right. And what I was doing was going door to door and speaking to people individually. And I liked the challenge and I didn't want to be showing up at some building or office waiting for people to just come in all the time. So I declined it. Hmm. And the thing is there was another company that was ready to jump into Pennsylvania, which is where I was at the time. And they were ready to start moving in to start, setting up uh their company there so my whole entire team shifted over to this company and eventually it was approximately 45 days being with that company i personally did not feel i could trust the leadership without having the backing of the leadership i could not effectively go out and sell their product Mm -hmm. so i ended up switching to the third company now mind you i was married and at the time I had three kids and now I'm, I'm married still with five kids. So our, our family has grown tremendously. Uh, but so as the financial, I wouldn't say burden, but this fine financial responsibilities and by the third company that I was in mind you being commission only, it takes approximately 30 to 45 days to actually see your commission checks. So although it pays well, mm, wow. I wasn't in the flow long enough to have enough steady income mm. because of that, we started really feeling the financial burden, um, in the household. Right. It started putting a lot of stress on me as well as my wife. And eventually I had to go out and leave from that and go figure out some nine, to five job that just lived because we didn't know where our next meal was going to come from. Wow. And uh, so it, it was a very trying time. Just mm. would I, I that back to the military? No, I wouldn't.
0: Right.
1: Um, it, there's there's so many things that go on in life that um you just have to kind of look at things a little bit differently. And uh, one of the sayings is uh, either either life is happening for you or it's happening against you. If you're always sitting there saying that life is against you, that's that victim mentality that's sitting there speaking. And I was always in that victim mentality speaking until I got out and I started getting into the solar conference. And I started learning hey, personal development is so crucial to becoming something more. To have a different outlook on life, to change your viewpoints. And when you start changing and enhancing your awareness, then Mm -hmm. doors and windows and visions start becoming completely different
0: this is right so on that note i'd love for you to tell us about forging life and what you're doing with that program and i'm going to bring up the url up onto the screen here so people can reach out to you as well after after watching the recording so tell us about forging
1: life so forging life actually came from i have to go from the beginning uh this was at the time that i was in kind of transitioning away from solar to the nine to five job. And I just started getting really deep into personal development. And I was watching a video by Les Brown and he had this speech at the Thunderdome. And during this time, my son had an, uh, a motivational speaker at his school and he came home as I was sitting there watching this and he looks at me and he said, dad, I always saw you doing something like that. Wow. And I sat back and I said, what do you mean son? He said, you know, you're always trying to help other people. And this is something that you would always do to to help somebody else out. And I sat back and I thought about it. He saw something in me that I didn't see inside of myself. And this pertains to coaching as well. And I'll get to that hopefully in a minute, but um, going from there, I then ended up switching into learning about finances so I could get myself out of that financial issue that we were speaking about earlier. Then I enrolled into Tony Robbins' coaching program to sit there and learn from one of the best of, in the industry hmm. and learn the skills and the tactics that he's using to help transform lives. And by that time, there was a show that was on. It was called uh, Forged in Fire. And I was sitting there, I was watching these people that were sticking this hot piece of metal and or this hunk of metal, and they were sticking it in the, the fire and then pulling it out and then smashing it. I said, huh, that's a lot like our life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Where We're this piece of metal, we're stuck in the furnace, and we're heated up to the core. You know, these challenges that we come across. We're pulled out, we're beaten. We're stuck back in the fire, and we're pulled out, and we're beaten. And eventually, you stand this masterpiece that has finally been forged into something. I said, that's exactly how our life is. We go through these trials. We get heated up. We get beaten. But as long as you keep going, yes, you'll have more failures than you'll have successes. But as you learn from those failures, your successes are going to be so much more worth it. And that's kind of where Forging Life and the name came from. Uh, so it, it stemmed from my son, and it started with coaching. And as I said, my son saw, like, he gave me this vision externally. And this is exactly what coaching is. And that's exactly what I do. Coaching is to be able to, to show people on an external level from different viewpoints of their life, maybe some things that they can do and tweak and change to get where they need to be. Hmm. So yes, the coaching started. Uh, I've developed a few online courses. I have a membership. I have a podcast now. It's forging life podcast. And uh, just recently, as of Sunday, we just ended our first five day free challenge where I brought uh, four other speakers on. And this was in regards to business. health, wealth, and, uh, well, not health, wealth, and finances, mind, body, spirit, and business. So I had a business coach. I had a, a spiritual coach. I had a, a relationship coach. I had myself that was talking on mindset and uh, another individual health and wellness. And we sat there each individual day. was it something different. And I say that because this is leading into what we have going on right now. And we're kicking off a business builder, um, bootcamp to help other people start their own online businesses and courses. Um, so those that have been struggling with the limiting beliefs and the negative mindset and not having the right people around them to get them above, uh, maybe the financial, uh, scarcity, uh, the stress and overwhelm that comes on of Mm -hmm. not have your, your bills paid and stuff like that. This is all stuff that's going to be covered within this three day course Mm. that is really where we're heading to now and that's kind of what encompasses forging life
0: i love it so you've gone from having some trouble and needing to join the army to doing i think you said 14 years 14 years of service coming out with some challenges to work through from that going into sales and then tough stuff happening with that to deciding to turn things around for yourself and work on yourself and grow yourself so that you can help other people. I love that. love that. I was in the gym early this morning and I was listening to Blinkist. I was listening to a book. It was John Maxwell and it was a summary of one of his books. And I just, I actually changed my WhatsApp um, memo underneath my name. It says, "Dear more, fail harder, learn faster. And it's kind of the summary of what what the book was about. And it sounds like your life.
1: And not just my life, but many. Even though we're speaking about military here and right now, Mm. you can put it in any situation. You can put it in a a factor of stay-at-home parents, the struggles that they have with every single day. And one of the the things that I didn't speak about to you is what really awakened me to who I am was the fact that I wasn't showing up for my family. And this is during the military transition period where I was completely stressed out. Right. And didn't know exactly where I was going to go at the time. I wasn't showing up as a husband and a father. And I realized like when I was supposed to be coming home, I wasn't hurrying up to come home. I had all these burdens from work and outside life that when I would actually walk through the door, I was physically there for them, but I was not mentally there for them. Right. And one of the hardest things even still right now to swallow is the fact that I could have lost them because I said, you know what, if I don't show up for my, my wife and my kids, then somebody else is going to show up for me. And I was going to lose them.
0: Mm.
1: So, and kind of wrapping this back into the the parent stuff is, you know, there's so many stresses that parents have to deal with at home, whether it's school, whether it's the bills, whether it's um, making sure all the time management for the kids and the family. And um, my wife, like the amount of stuff that she deals with now is just so insane. Mm. And the thing that makes it work is we are a team. Love it. So um, I know that I was roundabout, but I had to kind of bring that up because that's at the core. That's who I am, and that's why I help who I do. Mm. Oftentimes, it's hard to show up because there's so much other noise going on in your life. I've talked to multi-millionaires, um, and it's the same thing. It's the fact that they can't shut work off when oh, yeah. they come to the house. So how do you do that? That's the big question.
0: I love that you've identified being fully present for your family as a priority. That's great. Trey, just as we wrap up, if there's a veteran who's coming home and they're transitioning into civilian life, knowing what you've been through and your brothers and sisters in arms have been through, what's one piece of encouraging advice, directive advice that you'd give them?
1: Understand your sense of purpose. And your title is not who you are. Nice. Your title does not make you any better or any worse. I held my rank as of who I am, as a sense of purpose. And the biggest thing and the hardest thing to do is when you get out, you feel like you've lost that sense of purpose. Hmm. And you haven't lost it. You just gained so more much more potential to really thrive and find out exactly who you are and who you need to be. Mm -hmm. And when you understand your purpose, like I said, my purpose came from my son. It took a while. But to find your purpose, it's about sitting down and understanding what truly makes you happy.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And understand that and build around that. Love it. So I hope that Trey, you-
0: that's great. That's really lovely to end on that. Trey, thank you so much for your time. I do want to thank you for your service. Uh, thank you for what you've done and thank you that you have decided to make yourself and your family a priority and then from that is coming the work that you're doing with other people as well and for those of you that are watching the recording of our veteran stories whether it's on facebook or linkedin or youtube or twitter or twitch or even pinterest whatever platform you're watching the recording on you can see trey's website at the bottom of the screen encourage you to reach out to him as well for what he's doing with helping people get that clarity And that motivation and that direction and purpose and and, in your own life if you need that so trey once again thanks for being with us and thank you everybody for joining us on our veteran stories we look forward to seeing you again